Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? Arjo Joey here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and excited because we have quite the game to talk about. A reminder before we get started that our Dallas Cowboys postgame show is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel your Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Biltog has 32 grams of protein, and each meat stick has 8 grams of protein. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it's got to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. And if you're interested, go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order through the October 16th game for our Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. After that, the discount will go down to 15%. Obviously, at that point in time, the code goes to BTB15. Thank you to Righteous Felon for sponsoring our postgame show. Holy crap, the Dallas Cowboys did it 23-16. to Buckle up, people, because we have some things to discuss. Paul, thanks for chiming in, says great game. Ethan says let's go. Doxon says Coop is not a bus driver, people. Whoa, 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 slow down. Uh, Brian, uh, hey, well, let's, let's relax. Let's all be cool here. Casey Cooper, thank you for the super chat starting off strong. RIP to the games where Tank was irrelevant. Parsons will do that to offensive schemes. This defense is legit. Astro Joe Garcia points out Victory Polo Tuesday. That's right. It is technically Victory Polo Monday as far as branding is concerned. But nonetheless, wear a polo, wear a shirt, wear a scarf, paint your nails, paint your face. I don't care what you do, but just celebrate the fact that the Dallas Cowboys won tomorrow in your day. Uh, Shane says CD for the TD. Andrew K says living in Philadelphia is awful. These Eagles fans are terrible. Nick says what Yahoo a win and a good one. Look, people, we have a lot to get to. Thank you. Shockle Benjamin. Hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. It says, can we get a, how about them Cowboys? All right, look, all right. The baby's asleep. All right, look, full, full peek behind the curtain. All right, this is my my home office. I'm so blessed to be able to work from home. My wife, my son, my dog, they're all asleep. The son turned 10 months old on Sunday, Saturday. I already forgot what day. So he's asleep. So I'm going to give this as, you know, a loud but, but soft. It's the other end of the house. But how about them, Cowboys? Son, I know you'll appreciate that someday in the future. Oh, my goodness. What can we do? What, I mean, what, what, what do we do? What happens here uh, moving forward? The Dallas Cowboys, once again, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, our collective Dallas Cowboys are two and one. And look, I'm not going to lie to you people. All right. You were here on the post game show. We do this every single week following every single Dallas Cowboys game live on the blog of the boys, YouTube channel. You can obviously watch the show live, participate along in the feed, in the chat. I am, but your puppet, you are controlling me with your comment strings. You can catch the rewatch. You can listen on the blog of the boys podcast network. Two weeks ago, after the Cowboys lost to the Buccaneers, 
it was grim. It was tough. It was tough cookies. It did not seem like this team could do much. And honestly, those thoughts, uh, I think, percolated our minds and our brain space last week in the win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Cowboys got that win, got that dub. Who cares? They got the win. Why are you guys all pissed off? We're pissed off because the Cowboys showed up against the Bengals. Their scripted drive was great. And then Tony Pollard went off for 46 yards, and that was kind of all she wrote on offense. And the same was true this week for the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants. Offensively, first half, gross. In fact, at halftime, I tweeted this out. At halftime, the Dallas Cowboys had played 10 quarters on this young season, and they had scored touchdowns in just one of them. That was nine quarters without a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys at halftime. But then Cooper Rush came out of the locker room at halftime, and he was ready to mess stuff up. Cooper Rush was ready to rock, and he was ready to roll. And CeeDee Lamb, he saw all of our tweets. You know what? I think our tweets were fair. CeeDee Lamb played awful in the first half that you know we, we don't have to live in this um this world where cd lamb woke up and had an amazing second half of this game and say well cd lamb was perfect in this game no cd had a terrible first half of this game and to his credit like the superstar wide receiver one that we have always believed that he could be he showed up which is why he got the jersey behind me in our post game show if you're watching on youtube Shout out to CeeDee Lamb. He saved what would have been a stock down performance for him. We're going to get to stock up and stock down, obviously. I mean, this was just, I, I tweeted before the, the, the CD touchdown. I mean, before the Cowboys really kind of, actually before the Zeke touchdown, I tweeted, look, this is it. This is time. Cowboys offense, you want us to stop dragging it? You want us to stop making fun of you? You want us to believe in you? You want us to stop saying the season is over before the calendar even hits October? Go out, pull this off, you know, put together a drive, find a way, get it done. All the cliches you want to use. And you know what they did? Cooper Rush, Kellen Moore. Cooper, I was going to say Cooper Rush again. Let's do, go ahead and do it again. Zeke Elliott. Every single player that we've had criticisms of, they did it. They buckled down. They got it done. They tied this game up against the undefeated New York Giants. I'm, I'm not trying to be the guy, the, the podcaster, blogger guy that comes for the national shows. What the hell are all the national shows doing picking the Giants to win? I mean, I'm very happy as a Cowboys fan, but let's not act like the Cowboys just beat some, like they slayed some mighty undefeated dragon. This Giants team stinks, but the Cowboys found a way to unstink themselves and get a super huge, massive, critical win that just breathes an enormous amount of life into their sails. The touchdown to CeeDee Lamb was a thing of beauty. It was gorgeous. Cooper Rush deserves all the credit in the world. I hate that there are people who are going to create this quarterback controversy between he and Dak Prescott. None of that matters to me. What matters is the Dallas Cowboys are 2 and one They are very, 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 very much in this thing. I know we all wrote them off, but this NFL season, let's be honest, let's just call it what it is, has been kind of weird through three weeks. We've, we've played three weeks, and I don't know that there's an elite team throughout the entire league. There are some kind of good teams i would put the eagles in that mix i write power rankings every week at bloggingtheboys.com i'll tell you right now they go out on tuesdays the eagles are going to be number one for me but this is a temporary thing the eagles are kind of peaking right now if you want to be optimistic right the cowboys are two and one they've basically played that entire time without Dak prescott they've definitely played that entire time without michael gallup we'll see as, as tyler smith continues to grow and develop as jason peters comes along i mean man alive we have so much to get to let's get to your comments thank you for the super chats what's amada i know i'm speaking fast but it's late people I want to make sure you get to bed in a timely manner. So apologies to the podcast audience who listens on one and a half speed. Watsamata says, next time we play the Giants, we will have Dak, Gallup, Peters, full-time, and Micah won't have a cold. Hope they don't have their hopes up. Very, very, very well said. All these fraud Giants hit over 2-0. and oh. And look, I think the Giants are headed in the right direction. I mean, this this was a let's, – let's be fair, people. We had to sweat this game out. When was the last time we sweated a game out against the Giants? For the longest time, shout out to Billy Joel uh, and obviously New York City, although um, I know Aaron Judge didn't get 61 and all this stuff, whatever, more of a Mets guy. But still, 
for the longest time, I mean, it has been just kind of a cakewalk going up to New York or playing the Giants at AT&T Stadium. It was kind of fun. You know, I'm glad the Cowboys won, obviously, but it was kind of fun having this thing go down to the wire. Big Red TLC, thank you, says Peters at LG. Wow, immediate impact. I guess he just got his legs. Didn't see him after that. The Cowboys were very, 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 very upfront about this throughout their uh, comments and the reported leaks and everything that happened throughout the day on Monday that Peters was going to be on the pitch count. I maintain that I would love to see Jason Peters at left guard, excuse me, at left tackle. I'm not fond of living in this prisoner of the moment thing, but right now I'll happily take this L. I'll take it because the Cowboys have trusted what Tyler Smith has shown them through now the first three games of the season. Tyler Smith, let's go ahead and get the party started on our stock ups uh, and stock down. Stock up, Tyler Smith. I mean, and again, uh, the, the Cowboys kind of fell into this, right? I think we're all willing to be fair about that. The Cowboys just kind of, you know, oh, man, Tyron Smith is hurt. Oh, no, how could, how could we not deal with this? How, what's what's going to happen? And they equated it to Dak Prescott, obviously, as the, you know, injury unfolded and as the weeks were getting ready for the regular season to start. And this has kind of been that. I mean, I, and I don't say that lightly. This has kind of been a Dak Prescott to Tony Romo situation, something the Cowboys were not at all prepared for something they technically had somebody ready for, something that was maybe going to be the heir at that position, obviously, in the future with Dak at quarterback and now Tyler at left tackle. And it has worked out wonderfully. I don't think that we can give them all of the credit in the world because they did not plan on Tyler Smith playing left tackle from the very beginning, but they have made lemonade. They deserve all the credit in the world. Tyler Smith deserves all the credit in the world. I know he had the two penalties. I don't care. Penalties are a huge issue, and we can talk about that if you want. But man alive, Tyler Smith has been amazing. Caleb Swanson, thank you for the comments. Is Tyler Smith Smith being only three games into his career is so dang exciting. If he cleans up those penalties, you might just have hit on another offensive lineman. And I think, I mean, some of the, some of that stuff is, is a little bit old, right? And is a little bit unfair, both positively and negatively, right? Like, oh, the Cowboys are so great at drafting offensive linemen. And I think we assigned that reputation to Tyler Smith. And there were a lot of reasons to doubt him. A lot of people who, who know the NFL draft very deeply, who are knee deep into prospects all year long, had some questions about Tyler Smith. But to his credit and to the Cowboys' credit, they answered them together collectively. We're only three weeks in, so you know we can't give him a, a bronze bust and gold jacket yet, to use another cliche. But Tyler Smith deserves all the flowers in the world. Devin Staten, uh, Staten, excuse me, thank you for the super chat. Says Cooper Rush is going to go five and zero and be the next Jimmy Garoppolo. I tell you what, um, he's two and zero on the season, right? Three and zero all time. There was an amazing stat that came out just before um, we went live here. One second. Um, uh, here it is from NFL Research. Cooper Rush is the first undrafted quarterback to win each of his first three NFL starts and throw for 750 or more yards over those starts since Kurt Warner in 1999 with the Rams. Warner, of course, as we all know, there was a Hollywood movie literally made about this very recently, went on to an NFL MVP and Super Bowl MVP that season. Let me just say now, I do not think that Dak Prescott is the Trent Green uh, <laughs> to Cooper Rush's Kurt Warner, but it is very cool, and Cooper deserves all the credit in the world. I don't think we have to, you know, kind of dance around it. Cooper gets an incredible stock up. Cooper has done the necessary things and and that has been something and, and look this is i will i will take an l here because this is another thing that worked out for the cowboys but they believed they believed in cooper rush they stuck with him they they knew isn't it amazing by the way that we debated cooper rush or garrett gilbert a year ago i mean the, the cowboys have moved on from cooper rush it was fair to doubt him but they have found a way and not all of it's cooper kellen moore has stepped up i do not think that we're giving Mike McCarthy, enough credit. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But Mike McCarthy um, actually just uh, just mess, uh, just spoke, excuse me, um, post game tweet from Jane Slater, friend of the show, says Mike McCarthy says Cooper Rush is playing good football right now. 
he and Dak joked that he ran into the locker room after the win and PR had to find him and remind him of his post-game interview. And I think that's what's awesome is that Cooper isn't, we aren't in this like Dak Romo situation where there is this like kind of tension and awkwardness of like, well, are you going to be the starting quarterback in the future? That doesn't exist here. Cooper is just a very stable backup. This, this is new. Look, I'm 32 years old. I've never had a backup quarterback like this for my Dallas Cowboys, where you have somebody who you can rely on, somebody who can steady the ship, somebody who can drive the bus, somebody who can execute the offensive game plan. Cooper deserves all the credit in the world. Jesse T says, I always had faith in Cooper since his first preseason game. Caleb Swanson says, Rush is hands down one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Only part that sucks is seeing the argument of him over Dak. I agree entirely with this point. Um, it is unfortunate. Uh, apparently, Scott Van Pelt, shout out to David Hellman, friend of the show, just tweeted this out. Scott Van Pelt, the great SVP on SportsCenter, just said, Des caught it. So did CD. Um, man, um, what a game. What a game for CD Lamb. Uh, we'll get to CD, obviously. Uh, Hymas has good game management, talking about Cooper Rush, obviously. I mean, he deserves an enormous amount of credit. F. Kit Crutch says, still don't have faith in Dak. He's 50% in games he has played since his massive ankle injury. I get it if you don't believe right now that Dak Prescott is like among the super, super, super elite quarterbacks in the NFL. But what I will say is there's no question that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush. I don't want to have this argument. I don't want to go down this road. This is such a positive night. This is such a positive time. I don't want to waste it with this discussion. Uh, as Watson Mata says, great bus driver, not going to be a check down wuss. I agree. And that's really what makes Cooper so different from the backup quarterbacks the Cowboys have had in the past is he's he's willing to be bold. And I will give the Cowboys credit. The great Bob Stern wrote about this last week in The Athletic. The Cowboys kind of, you know, took the top off, right? The Cowboys let Cooper Rush play, and they haven't played like that in the past. And that's been a different regime, Jason Garrett's teams versus Mike McCarthy's teams. But I love that the Cowboys have not just laid down and died with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. They have said, you know what? We believe in this guy. We're going to let him take some shots. We're going to let him step up in the pocket, climb the pocket, make a huge throw on third down, move those chains. We're not just going to be the team that relies on Zeke and Tony Pollard and run the football. I love that. I mean, to, to look, I don't want to bag on Jason Garrett, but two weeks ago when the Cowboys were getting ready for the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, Jason Garrett was one of the people who said, yeah, Cowboys got to they, they gotta play 90s football. They got to run the ball. They got to they dominate. They got to take over the crowd. They got to, you know, take control of momentum. Nah, to hell with that. You got to take what's yours. And that's what Cooper Rush did. That's what Kellen Moore did. That's what Mike McCarthy did. Vance Williams says, really, RJM 36. And I remember the clapper being a very good backup. Also, D-Law was a beast. Thank you for the super chat, uh, Vance. In fact, let's go ahead and get to it. Kevin, I see your super chat. We'll get there in a moment. The top stock up, I, you know, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. I kind of dance around as we move through the conversation. My number one stock up, I really don't rank them, but I don't know how you can't. Demarcus Lawrence, holy crap, where are they? I want to know, where are they? Where are the people? Where where are you? Where are you people? Because I know you're out there. Where are the people who said he doesn't get enough sacks? Demarcus Lawrence sucks. Why are we paying him? He's overpaid. Demarcus Lawrence is terrible. Oh, my gosh. Dorrance Armstrong's getting sacks. Dorrance Armstrong's better. No, 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 no. Where are you at, people? I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you because the first half of this game was basically all Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence was incredible for the Dallas Cowboys in this game. Got a little bit banged up. Fought his way through it. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. I mean, he finished with three sacks on the night. And we were sitting here kind of taking a victory lap because, look, we love Micah Parsons, right? We were kind of talking a week ago like, oh, yeah, Demarcus Lawrence thought it would be a bit of a sack competition between him and Micah Parsons this season. It's 4 nothing right now. Well, no you know, shame or fault to Micah Parsons who did play through the cold. But it's kind of a competition now. Micah's got four sacks and Demarcus Lawrence has three. I mean, D-Law was Amazing. Ethan says, uh, I will admit, I have said this, RJ. I owe an apology. Uh, F. Kit Crutch says, defensive linemen aren't just about getting sacks. It's about getting pressures and getting in the backfield. It's also about controlling the run game. D-Law is one of the most 
prolific, efficient defenders against the run. We have said this for many different times. In fact, a very special shout out to friend of the show, John Owning. Everybody go follow John on Twitter at John John Owning. He is president of the Demarcus Lawrence is Awesome fan club. So shout out to John Owning. Shout out to Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Kevin C. uh, says uh, all of D lost sacks were against Evan Neal. Who cares? Who cares? Demarcus Lawrence had three sacks. Why are we going to hate on this? Demarcus Lawrence deserves all the credit in the world. My cast 2011 says D-Law's best game is a cowboy. I don't know if I would agree with that, uh, but it really, really, really was impressive. Shane says, I felt he was relegated to being a run stuffer. Glad to see the sacks. Paul says, opponents now need to double team D-Law, Armstrong, and Parsons. I expect three to four a week, a minimum now. Uh, Definitely, whatever you can get as far as the line on sacks for the Cowboys defense, I would take the over, generally speaking. They hit it tonight. Um, I mean, Dorrance Armstrong is somebody who is coming along, and that's somebody who the Cowboys believed in, somebody who the Cowboys kind of stuck their neck out for. I maintain that the way they went about this was really silly. They could have had things very, very differently, but to their credit, they made their bed, they have lied in it, and they are, you know, making something special with it. So stock up Demarcus Lawrence. Why the hell not? I mean, let's just party, people. I mean, this this was kind of the, um, you know, this this was kind of the Cowboys – all right, you know, football Twitter. All right, podcasters. All right, YouTubers. All right, bloggers. All right, writers. All right, people. You think you know a thing or two about football? You want to doubt Dorrance Armstrong? You want to doubt Cooper Rush? You want to doubt Noah Brown? You want to say all these decisions that we're making are stupid? All right, bet. We're going to go out here. We're going to beat the New York Giants. And again, let's be fair to the the, the issue here. You beat, you know, kind of a, a, a weak, you know, New York Giants team. But it wins a win. It's a win in the division. Hell, it's a road division win. People, the Dallas Cowboys just went on the road and took an NFC East game to keep them right in contention. They are right in the middle of this thing. Watch out Philadelphia Eagles because not only is Dak Prescott lurking, but Cooper, I'm just kidding. Micah Parsons to Marcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong. They are all lurking. I mean, man alive. This defense, I I mean, Anthony Barr had a great game. I know he had the penalty early on, whatever, but like Donovan, let's just kind of fly through this. Donovan Wilson stock up. I mean, seriously, this defense is full, full, full of of stars of playmakers jaron curse isn't even out there the cowboys have won their last two games without Dak prescott but if, if you and i had sat here and and by you and i i mean all of us if we'd gotten around the campfire we made some s'mores and stuff like that if we had gotten around the campfire and we had said all right let's rank the defenders on the dallas cowboys one to eleven starting eleven let's go ahead number you know as far as importance to the defense we would have all had micah parsons number one obviously and then i think number two for a lot of people would have been jaron curse and the Cowboys are 2-0 without him. And not only are they 2-0 without him, but the defense is balling out of their minds without him. And this doesn't mean or this isn't to suggest that Jaron Curse doesn't have a valuable place on this defense, that he shouldn't be a part of this team, that he shouldn't be given his flowers as well. It just speaks to the depth that the Cowboys have, the tremendous coaching that the Cowboys have. I tweeted this out somewhat tongue-in-cheek as the game was wrapping up. Look, people, we got to enjoy this. All right, we We have to enjoy this because – Dan Quinn is leaving. All right. Dan Quinn is, is not going to be around here for, for the long term. I know what you're saying. Promote him to head coach. If Mike McCarthy is the head coach of this team, I mean, my, my point is Dan Quinn is going to be a head coach in 2023. My money right now says it's for the Los Angeles Chargers. Dan Quinn has been amazing. And look, there has been regression to the mean, right? We, we've talked about that a billion different times, that there was going to be regression to the mean for this Cowboys team as far as the turnovers, the takeaways were concerned. We have seen that. However, to their credit, to the credit of Dan Quinn, and yes, to the credit of Mike McCarthy for overseeing and managing the entire operation, to the credit of the 
list of phenomenal Dallas Cowboys defensive players. To all of their credit, they have found a way to still be successful in spite of the regression that was predictable and that has come for them. Shout out to Trayvon Diggs for the interception at the very end. That was awesome. Really great to kind of see Trayvon finally get in the interception column. Uh, obviously, hope Sterling Shepard is okay. But, I mean, it, it was a cool moment for the Cowboys to kind of ice the game that way. And they have found a way. They have found a way to force three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, make the field longer, make the field longer, make the field longer. Dan Quinn is, is, is cooking with gas right now. Dan Quinn truly is cooking with gas, and he deserves – Obviously, an enormous amount of credit. Lit Newport says three and one after we beat Washington next week. Um, I know the Cowboys originally opened as three, excuse me, three point favorites over the New York Giants, uh, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook on um, on Sunday night. But obviously, Dallas had not played yet. I looked just before the show started, and that is off the board right now. So we'll see how much that line moves. I hope you got it at Dallas minus three because I do think it's going to grow after Sun. Or excuse me, after Monday night. Not a sponsor, but this um, this diet A&W root beer is just really good. You know, if you want something, uh, you know, with no calories, whatever. Loco Texas says, RJ, you said no negative energy, but here you are talking about Dan Quinn leaving. Look, I'm just, you know, it's likely going to happen. It's probably going to happen. That's all. But let's enjoy it while we're here. That's all I'm saying. Um, Alfred says, Turpentine, big return. That was a big punt return by Cavante Turpin. The Cowboys have been saying he's close to break one. He's close to break one. Still nothing for a touchdown, but hey, Cavante Turpin deserves a lot of credit. I want to get through the stock up, stock down, the rest of our stock report. I do write about this at blogontheboys.com. also make an Instagram graphic. You can follow me on Instagram at RG Ochoa. Uh, but I want to get through it so we can just kind of go off of your questions, your comments, whatever. Uh, so we've gone through Demarcus Lawrence. We've gone through Tyler Smith. We've gone through Donovan Wilson. Uh, we've gone, let's see, uh, Tony Pollard stock up for obvious reasons. I mean, Tony Pollard, the Cowboys have two great running backs. And we've said this, for, you know, like, th this has never been a one or not proposition when talking about the Cowboys running backs. It has been a you can have both proposition and the Cowboys are finding ways to get that done. So shout out to Tony Pollard. Of course, uh, we talked about Cooper Rush. Let's just hear it, people. This is one of the bigger L's I will take. Noah Brown has been phenomenal. All right. Noah Brown has been incredible. Noah Brown has been a revelation. All right. Now, did the Cowboys hang on to Noah Brown longer than most people, most teams would have held on to a seventh round draft pick? Probably. Did he contribute offensively? No. Was he finding a way to help the team? Yes. Is it kind of surprising that he has wound up in a situation where now he has opportunities on the offense of the ball? Absolutely. Um, but, um, Credit to Noah Brown. He did it. And credit to the Cowboys. They believed. And I will take the L here. And look, the Cowboys deserve credit for landing this plane. It did not have to be this complicated. All right. They could have gone out and they could have gotten help. They could have improved their chances. They didn't have to, you know, they're, they're playing Super Mario and they purposely got rid of their first two lives. And they're like, watch, I can go through the whole level with one life. Respect. You did it. But it would have been a lot easier if you had the three lives in case one of those Goombas or whatever got to you. And so they did it. They still got to the level. That doesn't mean the process was sound. However, the Cowboys said, we don't need to go out and get somebody. We'll keep our cap space because we have Noah Brown. We, I, I don't know if you, if you want to throw yourself in here, but I'll throw myself in here. I thought that was kind of dumb. I thought it was silly. I thought it was arrogant. I thought it was ignorant. And on some level, I still believe that. However, Noah Brown is proving them right. And the results favor the Cowboys. Tonight, the Cowboys can laugh at us. They can circle around us. They can take their victory lap. They can put their victory polo Monday on because the Dallas Cowboys have earned it with Noah Brown. 
Uh, Armand says that I'm taking a lot of L's with the Cowboys. Hey, Armand, as long as the Cowboys are taking dubs, I'm taking dubs. I have no problem being wrong on some of this stuff. That's the, the nature. Look, my job is the, the best thing in the world. We get to all sit here and talk about the Cowboys. I'm invariably going to be wrong on some things. I'm never going to pretend to be some expert. I miss on a lot of stuff. I'm wrong about a lot of things. And I do maintain that the Cowboys could have gone about this much differently and added much higher levels of insurance in the event of the circumstances that were predictable that they have found themselves in. But to their credit, they have found a way out. They have benefited by playing the Bengals when they were still down and obviously a weak Giants team. Uh, but that is what it is. Again, no, uh, no negative energy. So let's move on. Uh, making sure we're not missing anything um, from post-game press conferences, post-game discussion. Um, let's see here. Dak Prescott, uh, Jane Slater just tweeted that, he, that Dak showed her his thumb. No swelling healing that he told her Cowboys-Rams week five is a game that he could possibly start. Uh, Jane's tweet says, get the sense he would go Sunday versus Washington if he could but this will be a team Dak decision to be smart. Now, I don't have this on um, on the stock up, but Cowboys deserve Cowboys are, are are playing a little bit of poker here, right? They're they're gambling, right? You know, that's kind of what this comes down to with injury, right? Should we force this guy to play? Should we try it? Should we risk re-injury? Is it that important? Jerry Jones said uh, ahead of week one against the Buccaneers that if it were the Super Bowl, and, and that comment that I know that there are Jerry comments we all roll our eyes at. That one I understood. Jerry was saying, look, if this was like the game to end the year with everything on the line, of course Michael Gallup would play, but it's not. And to the Cowboys' credit, they have slow played this thing with Michael Gallup, and they look smart. They they look like the winners. They're two and one, and they've given Michael Gallup all the more time and opportunity in the world to get right, to get healthy. And that is what these two wins have done. These two wins have bought them an enormous amount of leeway, an enormous amount of time. We sat here, and we all thought that Dak would be out through the bye. It's worth mentioning that Ian Rappaport reported on Sunday that Dak would maybe return at earliest in week six against the Philadelphia Eagles. That would be awesome. That would be epic. That would be fun. But even if he doesn't, even if the Cowboys lose their next three games, whatever, they're still in the mix here. These two wins have really helped keep them alive. It really did not seem like they were going to be able to beat the Bengals, obviously. The Giants, we kind of thought were lame, but the Cowboys are cheating life a little bit here. The Cowboys deserve a lot of credit. As Jason says, giving Dak that extra week to get whatever rust he has during the bye helps. If they can get to the bye, that would be great. I mean, the Cowboys, between now and then, they have the home game against Washington. I don't think we're scared. I mean, look, Carson Wentz against this defense, good luck. And then the Cowboys have to travel to take on the Rams. Obviously, a little bit more you know, of a legitimate opponent, but they have their flaws. Then they get the Eagles, and we all have to admit the Eagles look very good. Let's call that a loss. Let's just be fair. And then after that, the Cowboys get the Lions. We'll see if DeAndre Swift's playing in that game. That could be tough, but say they lose that game. right? Let's just be fair. Say they lose that game, and then say they beat the Bears. That's three more wins and two more losses. We're talking about a team that's, what, five and three at that point in time at the bye? I mean, if you told me that Dak Prescott could return to a five and three team on the road at Lambeau Field, holy crap, I would have signed up for that 10 different times. Uh, let's see here. Kevin C., thank you for the Super Chat, says the 24th pick played better than the fifth overall pick. Also, you missed my other Super, but no worries. I get it. We're all hyped. Kevin, apologies. I want to make sure we get to all the Super Chats. That's my bad, Kevin. I'll wear that. I'm wearing a lot of L's. My, my neck's getting heavy with all these L's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Tyler Smith was awesome. Kayvon Thibodeau, let's be fair. I mean, we don't know what he's going to look like, obviously, throughout the course of his NFL career. Um, but, you know, not his best night. It was his first game. I mean, you know, there, there's something, um, you know, that, uh, you know, there's something to that. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Caleb says, if we can go five and three by the bye and get Dak back, it'll be massive for this team. I agree. Uh, I see a lot of you trolling in the comments saying rush is a started. Look, I mean, cool respect. Thanks for the views and stuff, but we're not going to do this. We're all going to celebrate. I want to get back to finishing up our stock ups. Uh, so we've done Demarcus Lawrence, Noah Brown, Tyler Smith, Donovan Wilson, Tony Pollard, Dorrance Armstrong, Cooper Rush. Uh, we have three more to get to. All right, Jason Peters. Holy crap. Hey, people. 
What a weird thing. What a weird thing that signing proven players in free agency can lead to helping your team. I mean, man, color me surprised. I just could not have ever imagined that doing this would would lead to legitimate results. Who would have ever thought? Who would have thought? Who could have predicted this? I mean, Jason Peters um, obviously was awesome um, in the limited action that he saw. He gets a stock up just because we're all super excited about it. I've seen a lot of you say this. I'm going to go ahead and throw it up. My cast 2011, Jake Ferguson stock up. I don't have him on my list, but I'm totally fine adding him when I write the article um, at blogonthewest.com to come in and play this way. I mean, the way he did. I mean, Peyton Hendershot, too. Peyton Hendershot had that 30-yard catch. I mean, they both supplemented the loss of Dalton Schultz rather well. And again, that speaks to the Cowboys scouting department, evaluation team, the coaching staff, the way they got these guys ready. They believed in these guys. They've talked so much about the youth on this team, how much they believe in it. We've rolled our eyes at a lot of it, and a lot of it has proven to be wrong, but they believed. Jake Ferguson had an incredible, I wouldn't say NFL debut, but obviously there was a lot more on his plate tonight than there had been at any other point. So good for Jake Ferguson. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, shout out to him. Watson Minus says, roughly how many snaps did Peters play? I, I mean, obviously, I don't know at this point in time. I would guess it's single digits. I mean, it was very, very, very limited. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, we'll have a lot of information available for you at blogontheboys.com. Our final two stock ups, uh, now that we included Jake Ferguson, we have to include him, CD Lamb. And let's all admit, all right, this is a, a safe place, a safe and secure place. We can all admit that we were pissed, that we were upset that CD was not playing well. We can all admit that the drop was egregious. We can all admit that that drop simply cannot happen, that you cannot be a number one wide receiver in the NFL. You cannot be a part of this Club 88 documentary special thing that ESPN shows before the game and come out and drop a pass like that. You can't do it. You, you, you can't do it, CD. All right. And CD knows that, right? CD, I think I know people were upset that he was he was smiling on camera. Miss me with that. I don't really care about that. But it was bad. It was a really, really, really bad game for CD Lamb until it wasn't. I know people are gonna look at the touchdown. The touchdown was amazing for CD Lamb, but the fourth down conversion on that drive. The fourth down was a big dude catch. The fourth down conversion was a huge physical man on man wanting it more. Be the stronger, more aggressive, more physical, more dominating player on the field. And that was C.D. Lamb. All right. He had the drop. I'm totally with you. I'm willing to say that he was on the stock down list, but then everything obviously changed. And man, I just cannot say, cannot state how much, how, how impressed I am with him with that turnaround. It's hard to turn that around mid game to not get stuck in the mud, stuck with how poorly you're playing, stuck with how everything's going, feeling like all is lost, feeling like you can't do anything right. But C.D. Lamb did it. Shout out to C.D. Lamb. He got it done. I mean, it was an impressive performance. Matthew says, uh, Matthew Rafen. It it might be Rafen. Sorry, Matthew. Uh, You need to stock up Terrence still. Terrence not on the list. It was a hard night to make the stock up list. There was a lot of good play happening all across the the field, and obviously a lot of important things. Um, So uh, Jason R. says that one-handed catch was amazing. I mean, 
he was incredible. He was truly, truly, truly incredible. So um, shout out to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Garrett Wilson says, stock up the entire O-line. I agree. Um, just a phenomenal night. Really, a really good time. Good. The, the, the vibes are great with the Cowboys right now. Like this, this is... This is cheating life. All right, to 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 quote the great Dave Damashek, this is truly cheating life. We there was they were not going to be two and one. What are you? What there was no? They were never going to be two and one. No way are they going to be two and one. No way are they going to win a game. No way are they going to win a game. Even if when and Dak Prescott comes back, it is impossible. Uh-uh. It ain't impossible no more. No, 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 no. These Cowboys, they have found a way. They got in the trenches. They got it done. So good for them. John 6005 says CD stepped his game up offensive line, played well. I agree. All right. And now Nash Jump says, just wait until MG13 comes back. All right. There's over a thousand of you here. So I don't know how many of you I am going to upset with this comment, but I will charge on nonetheless. My final stock up for the Dallas Cowboys big time Monday night football win on the road against New York. Not good at football giants like McCarthy. All right. I get it. I get it. Mike is not the most likable coach. I get it. Mike is a bit of a meme. Um, I get it. People think that Mike doesn't do anything. I get it that people think that, that the Cowboys have success in spite of Mike McCarthy. I get that people are willing to give the credit to every single person affiliated with the Dallas Cowboys except for Mike McCarthy. We have to give this dude some props. All right. Now, maybe you don't want to give him a lot of props. But if we're going to sit here, we're going to say, you know, let's be fair. Let's let's give this guy stock up. Let's give that guy stock up. Let's let's be fair. Let's criticize this person. We have to give Mike some credit here. Now, I'm going to say myself, and this might sound hypocritical. I was not a fan of the way the Cowboys handled the end of the first half. Fourth and two for the New York Giants. Super short. They're going for it. Mike McCarthy calls the timeout to keep that possession alive for the Giants with less than a minute left, right? And obviously the game just ended. I haven't had a chance to go back and look at every single detail just yet, but I'll be writing about this, obviously. Um, I thought that was stupid. I really did. I, I maintained that I think that that was dumb. That that was not worth the risk. That There were so many things that had to go right for Mike McCarthy in that moment for the risk to be worth it. They had to stop the Giants on fourth down, which they did, all right? This isn't a results-oriented process. It's a, it's a process-oriented process. They had to stop the New York Giants. They had to get into field goal range themselves, which they did, and then they had to make the field goal, which they obviously didn't. Here's the thing. It's not worth it. It was 6-3. to three. It, was, it was such a close game. You didn't need to risk that at that point in time. If the Giants convert that first down, they're kicking that field goal. They're tying that game. It's not worth that swing at that point in time. That being said, that being said, and I don't put that the, that miss on Brett Maher, who's been perfect otherwise, by the way. And that's another L. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm collecting these Ls. That being said about Mike McCarthy, I will take that coach 100 out of 100 times. I will live and die with the aggression, with the go-for-it mentality. I will take that 100 out of 100 times than the conservative approach that we have grown accustomed to as Dallas Cowboys fans. Because that's the thing. We're never, no matter what, no matter what player you love, no matter what coach you love, no matter what offensive scheme you're a fan of, no matter what defensive scheme you, you pride yourself on, on loving and adoring, no matter what, no matter what flavor ice cream you like, no matter what your favorite movie is, we are never going to feel 100% in agreement with anything all of the time 
throughout our lives that is never going to happen. So you can be a fan of Mike McCarthy or you can disagree with Mike McCarthy, but you are never going to feel that way 100% of the time. So that being said, I applaud Mike McCarthy for the aggression. We saw it last week on the fourth and short early in the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. We saw it late in this game, that fourth down conversion that we talked about, C.D. Lamb. That was Mike McCarthy keeping his foot on the gas. We saw Mike McCarthy have trust in his players. That is something that he is truly, and I know that people will roll their eyes at this, that is something that he is elite at. That is, he has his flaws. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that he is an elite head coach, but that is an elite trait, an elite characteristic of his. Do you know how many games Jason Garrett won without Tony Romo or Dak Prescott? And I know that he won some games in 2010 when he was the interim coach. I'm not counting those because he was interim, right? As far as full-time head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, he won one whole game without Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. You take away his franchise quarterback, he was powerless. And I don't mean to throw Jason Garrett under the bus for the purpose of this analysis here. But Mike McCarthy has now won, shout out Monica Geller, seven games without Dak Prescott. Mike is not the kind of coach who lays down and folds when things are not going his way. I love that Mike McCarthy is somebody who's willing to go for it, who doesn't let the variables affect what he's trying to do. He finds a way to win, or at least finds a way to give his team a shot. And I will take that 100 out of 100 times. So shout out to Mike McCarthy. Huge stock up for him. Proud of you, Mike. You can fix some of these other things that we have problems with, but good for you. Shout out Mike McCarthy. Big time win. This was one of the most complete games that we have seen the Dallas Cowboys play this season. I know there's only been three. But this was, this was a huge win. This was a, a defensive dominant effort. A lot of you are saying to give Brett Maher uh, props, to give Brett Maher stock up. Fine. I don't have a problem. Brett Maher stock up. I don't have him on the list here, but Brett Maher was amazing. Again, I don't fault Brett at all for the, the, the miss at the end of the first half. That was so wonky, that sequence. I don't agree with it, even in hindsight. However, Brett Maher has been a revelation. The Cowboys have believed and they look, the way they got to Brett Maher was flawed as well. Kind of like the way they got to Tyrus Smith, the left tackle. The Cowboys did not plan on Brett Maher being their kicker this year. They planned on Jonathan Garibay being their kicker or Lareem Hyrulahu. They stumbled. They, they tripped into Brett Maher and good for them then and good for us and good for him that Brett has been awesome so far this season. But Brett Maher stock absolutely up. It just, you know, it's kind of been whatever. Um, Kevin C says, RJ, the ref sucked at times. We still won. Definitely a very weird game as far as officiating is concerned. We'll leave it at that. Uh, but this was an amazing game, an amazing team wide game for the Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't for the entire thing. The offense definitely not carrying their weight for a large portion of this contest, but they did step up. They did get it done. Shout out to them. Good job, Cowboys. All right. Now I mentioned that, uh, we were going to talk about only, positive things but we do have to admit this is the only negative thing it's i mean like let's just talk about it penalties our little banner reads penalties remain an issue for this team although some in new york were questionable and again that's uh that speaks to the point about officiating several drives were killed for the cowboys offense by penalties several drives for the cowboys defensively were kept alive by penalties now, we can sit here, we can debate, we can talk about the illegal contact, Jordan Lewis's penalty, the holding, the false star, pick whatever you want, whatever penalty it is. It's still an issue. All right, it's still an issue. And, and maybe you say, you know what? I'm willing to live with this style of play. I'm willing to live with how the Cowboys play football, even if it leads to some penalties that frustrate me, 
because they're aggressive. I will take that. I that's the trade-off. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable with that trade-off. Be aggressive if it leads to some of this ticky-tack stuff. I mean, like the you know, and I know that we're offsetting, but the same Williams penalty, um, you know, the, the hit out of bounds. I don't think that's a fair penalty against Sam Williams. All right, I I don't. I don't think that's a fair penalty, but I get why it's called. Right, like we see we see that often in the NFL. We they're gonna call that. Some of this stuff is like. Not necessarily knowing the rules, but knowing the officials, knowing the way that, that officials referee NFL games. And to Sam's, you know, defense, he's a rookie. He doesn't know that, right? And you see Trayvon Diggs go up there and kind of coach him up, say, hey, chill out. Some of this stuff is just about experience. And so, you know, the Cowboys don't seem prepared for those kinds of things. Uh, let's get to your comments here. Ruben says, coaching and discipline is what is needed to keep the penalties in check. I agree with that. I agree. Again, it's just, you know, it's just kind of. It's it's tough, Brian. I agree with you that uh, the late hit was BS. Jones wasn't even out of bounds yet. He wasn't out of bounds, but but they're gonna call that. If if you're going after the quarterback as he's near out of bounds, they're going to call that. It's unfortunate. The game is catered to quarterbacks. We can sit here and debate the letter of the law all we want, but we've seen that called many different times in the NFL. Caleb says penalties are the biggest problems this team faces at this point. I agree. These penalties are going to cause us to lose games. I'm tired of being on one of the highest penalized teams in the league. At this point, it's tough. Johnny Boyeran says the unsportsmanlike penalty on Wilson was done. This was the worst penalty, certainly. And that that's I mean, I'm shout out to the broadcast. They kind of were talking about this. I mean, what's what's Donovan gonna Donovan doesn't know. Donovan doesn't know the the, the officials behind him, right? Like some of this stuff you gotta like you you have to assume, and I don't mean to to you know criticize officials in a in a mean way, but some of this you have to assume that the officials don't have common sense, right? Like that that's just kind of the way you have to roll. That's that has to be an admitted assumption that you make. Or, or else you're going to drive yourself mad. You have to assume that they don't know what they're doing or else you are going to be the one who's upset. And if you assume that game or that way, if you play it that way, you're you're going to be less frustrated at the very least. So, you know, that's that's my word of advice. Um, word of advice, excuse me. Uh, making sure there are no more post-game comments here uh, from anybody um, associated with the Cowboys. Seriously, Malik Hooker just tweeted Cowboys. Another dub keeps stacking them um daryl baker says tight end room come on rj stock up we gave some stock up to jake ferguson and peyton Hendershot. um again i don't want to be negative but so let's be clear here and i know that there are some trolls but doc prescott's job is not in jeopardy right we all know this right like this is fun this is a cool ride and shout out to cooper rush we're having a good time here you know but we made it through september right the next game is in october yeah uh making sure uh we made it through september and we're all good this like we get to enjoy this season all right cool go cowboys um but we know that the doc prescott's job is not in question this is one game but and again i don't want to be negative this is one game but i definitely feel like we if you did not know you certainly now know that Dalton Schultz probably isn't going to be on this team in 2023, right? Like, I think we definitely feel somewhat confident in that. Uh, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot both look like people and players who are going to be contributors for this team for a long time. Um, so good for them. Um, shout out to uh, the Cowboys tight end room. I agree with Joe. Noah Brown tackled in the end zone. No call. I agree. Uh, Tyler says Ferguson's catch and rumble out of bounds with no timeouts is not a good play. I agree with that. I agree with that late in, um, you know, this was late in the game, obviously, for anyone who maybe started celebrating early. Uh, Jake Ferguson went out of bounds. The Cowboys won this game technically by a touchdown, right? So technically a one-score game, 23 to 16. They covered, if you care about that, they were underdogs. Um, But um, if you care about winning, and we've seen this play itself out. I'm somebody who believes if your team is winning and you intercept the ball or recover a fumble, go down, right? Like in the final seconds, go down, whatever. Um, don't chance it, right? Like take the, the shortest path to victory. Jake Ferguson 
did not do that to Tyler's point. Jake Ferguson getting out of bounds, stopping the clock, giving the Giants life. You can sit here. We can sit here. I think we all agree that Daniel Jones was not going to author a game-tying or a game-winning drive. We know Brian Dable's not opposed to, to going for it in situations like that as the New York Giants head coach. But I agree that Jake Ferguson has to know better. And those are the kinds of things that, like, as a football fan, we all sit here and we say, how does that not get communicated in the huddle, right? Like, you would think um, if we were all in the huddle and it was third down and we were, you know, we're trying to milk the clock that we would we would have some conversation. We would call the play and be like, okay, whoever gets the ball, whatever you do, don't go out of bounds. Well, it's kind of like a simple thing. And I'm sure Jake Ferguson would take that back if he could. Um, but, um, you know, hey, um, he's a rookie. You know, you can kind of expect those things. Uh, Johnny Boy RN, <coughs> excuse me, says the Cowboys finally have multiple tight ends that can block and catch the ball. No more situational tight ends. I agree. Um, I really, 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 really like what we're seeing um, from the Cowboys tight end group. Watson Mata says, I poo-poo the Ferguson pick. Definitely an L for me. Um, the Cowboys draft class looks kind of good. I mean, right now, they, they look like they've got some players. I mean, we're all obviously excited about them. Um, Jalen Tolbert got in on, on things. This was the first game of Jalen Tolbert's NFL career. It feels like we're kind of forgetting that. Um, didn't have a huge, you know, kind of day in, at the office. Um, offensively, let's see, had two the two targets, one catch for four yards. Um, the one catch was nice. The the one, you know, ball that he didn't catch was just kind of outstretched and over his arms, if, if you want to look at that. But, Scott, I've seen this comment a lot, so let's go ahead and get to it. Um, and we'll give him some love because I've, I've you know, been trying to keep the show on track. But uh, let's play. Let's, let's have some fun here. Scott says, please, RJ, be Yiddish. All right. Give us a word, commenters. Loyal, wonderful, beautiful, perfect in every conceivable way, commenters. Give us a word to describe the way that Tyler Biotish, um played, in your mind, in your estimation, on Monday night against the New York football Giants. I'll get this comment back up here. But Brian, thank you um, for uh, for the super chats. Just close the chat for 10 seconds and hit the like button. If you guys can like the, the show, if you can subscribe to the channel, that helps us out a lot. I mean, you know, just being straight up with you that would be cool that would make us happy by the way go support our friends at righteous felon craft jerky their jerky is awesome their jerky is literally available for dallas cowboys players at the ford center training facility the dallas cowboys eat this jerky it's and it's amazing it's incredible it's low calories it's wonderful it's tasty it's delicious they have a billion different flavors my favorite is um the nelson mandela i think is is how it's pronounced um i don't know how they pronounce the flavor uh but it is wonderful so go to righteous felon um, and, and get your craft jerky 20% off with the code BTB20. But, okay, let's get to your one-word answers uh, for how Tyler Biotish played. Um, some of them are mean, um, <laughs> but let's just let's try to be confident. Kenneth says improving. Tim says decent. Paul says confident. Scott says solid. Uh, Gal Galvin says weak. Johnny Boy says average. Uh, Big Red says serviceable. I like that. With a period. So just kind of straight serviceable. Um, David also says average. Uh, Clay Baker says penalty list. I like that. Um, Tra uh, Travis, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, says growth. Um, Adrian's cheating says he did his job, to be honest. Um, uh, Kenneth says healthy. Uh, Kevin says quiet. Brian says solid. Uh, James says available. And uh, let's get to one more. Carl says adequate. Caleb also says solid, by the way. I agree with all of these. Um, and I think that he deserves credit for that. Obviously, you know, last every, every year there's kind of the Cowboys we pick on, right? There, there's players who are just kind of subject to vitriol week in and week out, and, and there's kind of like a special club. Sometimes it's guys who are making big money. Uh, sometimes it's, it's players who were high draft picks that aren't panning out. And last year, Tyler Biotis was kind of in that club, right? Like we were kind of picking on him, hating on him, thinking he wasn't doing his job. 
Uh, depends on where you look. PFF has thought highly of him at times. Um, I think Biotish has has played himself well um, or played well, obviously. In fact, this is a this is a this is slanted like a negative question, but I'm going to ask it nonetheless, and we'll play the game here because uh, I think that's an important question. Who is the worst starting Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman in your estimation? And for the purposes of this exercise, we'll count Jason Peters as the starting left guard. So your options are left to right, Tyler Smith, who's been amazing, Jason Peters, who played like seven snaps, uh, but uh, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. And we'll look at it, not the worst, but who 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 has the most room to grow, right? Again, we want to be we want to be positive, we want to be optimistic, we want to be kind, um, because to be frank, we all thought this offensive line was going to be a disaster, and they've been one of the strengths uh, of this team through three games. It's a really small sample size, but they have been, you know, they have been very very serviceable. So I think it's important as we look at that because this has kind of been a surprising thing to identify what might be the weakest point on it. Um, now most of you are saying um, Biotish. Um, I did say that we were approaching this uh with jason peters as the left guard in our estimation but a lot of you saying matt farniak i think that's that's the the that's the cheating answer the people people saying matt farniak are the people like oh my last wish mr genie i wish for three more wishes that's the people saying matt farniak um but um it, it's probably biotish uh, as far as consensus starters are concerned and he has and like so let's think about that the consensus here is that Tyler Biotish has been the worst or the least awesome um, starting offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. But we all just went through and, and gave words, right? We all single hand, like went through one by one, old school, you know, kind of line and, and gave answers one by one, how we would describe the play of Tyler Biotish so far. Think back to the word that you used, whoever you are, loyal listener, viewer, you, you all said average, solid, serviceable, you know, fine, whatever. That's the worst player on this offensive line. That's pretty cool. Like, like when you think about it like that, that's pretty cool. When, when we the and maybe some of this is 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 our own expectation, so it's relevant. It's relative to that. But the worst player on this offensive line in our minds is playing average. If you told me that my worst offensive lineman was average, I would be thrilled. I would take that all day long. The worst starter on my offensive line being average. That is a. I'm not trying to be silly, but that's a Super Bowl caliber quality right like that that's a, a that's the mark of a great team if your worst player along the offensive line is average i don't care who you are i don't care what team does win the super bowl they are not going to have five elite offensive linemen where each one of them are players who you feel incredible about we have been so spoiled obviously as dallas cowboys fans having three sometimes four offensive linemen who we do feel are elite but you know that's that that was rare. That was that was the exception. And so I do think that this is important perspective on Tyler Biotish, how he's playing. This was a fun exercise. So shout out. I think it was Scott who suggested this. So thank you very much, um, Scott. That was a, a great kind of way to look at that. Garrett, thank you very much. Says, uh, RJ, what do you think is the Cowboys weakest position? Oh, I love this question. So uh, if you're watching along live, please answer as well. What do you think is the Cowboys weakest position? If the draft was today, what position do you target? Um, if the draft was today, I am maybe with my first round pick. Um, depending, I mean, some of this is I don't want to cheat, right? And be like, you know, well, what happens in free agency? You could argue receiver. There's a lot of people obviously saying receiver. It's hard to argue against receiver right now. Um, Michael Gallup's coming back, and we don't know what Jalen Tolbert will be in the future. Uh, but it's hard to not 
you know, want to press the panic button at receiver. Um, you need a left guard in the future, right? If Jason Peters is is not back and if, if Connor McGovern is, is gone, this is a, a contract year for Connor McGovern. Um, so, I mean, receiver, left guard, I think you're set on defense. I mean, you, you're going to need linebacker help unless you, you know, Damone Clark, you know, steps up in year two, um, right? If Devin Harper comes along a little bit more. Um, again, some of this depends on free agency, what the Cowboys do. But I feel great about this team's edge rushers. I feel great about this team's secondary. I, it's never a bad idea to have more help at corner, right? We don't know what Kelvin Joseph's future has in store. We don't know how long Anthony Brown's going to be hanging out with the Cowboys. So that's an interesting question. Um, certainly the people who said quarterback, I get it. Um, I, I get the elite trolling that you're trying to do. Adrian says, RJ, do you think Kellen Moore got more aggressive in the second half knowing his offense was better? I don't think he got more aggressive. Um, obviously things, I know somebody said, stop saying, um, it's a habit. I'm trying very hard. You know, it's, it's the thing you know, say, um, uh, guys, you know, whatever it's natural conversation, people. Um, there it is again. I don't think he got better. I think the Cowboys, I, I, I don't want to say locked in or focused more, or tried harder. I think that kind of stuff is silly. I think the Cowboys just trusted themselves. I think the Cowboys finally recognized what was working for them. And we've seen this team, obviously, you know, outthink themselves. We've seen this team try to be too cute. And we've seen that a little bit even here tonight. Look, you, you don't have to, like, pitch reverse it to Tony Pollard to get him the ball. Just hand him the ball. Just just, just have Cooper turn around and hand Tony Pollard the ball. That That is fine. I promise you. We'll be cool, Kellen. If you just literally have him turn around and hand him the ball, we will be totally fine with that. So I think the Cowboys finally just felt like, it. it hey, let's just – Let's just be us, right? Like there's some sports cliches and things like that. Let's just be us. Let's trust us. Let's, and there's a, I want to get to this comment here. Um, uh, where was it? Uh, um, again, Garrett, by, by the way, but, um, uh, shout out to Robin Sherbatsky. If you know that episode of how I met your mother, it's a great one, but Garrett says lame for sure had the better catch. I think lame is an example of what the Cowboys did better offensively as the second half wore on and that they didn't deviate. We've seen them do that, right? We've seen the Cowboys panic and say, whoa, crap, this wasn't working. We can't do it. We can't, we can't do this anymore because it wasn't working before. So I love that the Cowboys said, you know what? We trust CD. We believe in CD. We're not going to shy away from CD. It's fourth and one. The game is on the line. The pendulum is going to swing from two to one to one and two on the season. We might be 0-1 in the NFC East with the Eagles at 3-0, and 1-0 in division. We don't care. We trust CeeDee Lamb. They they believed in themselves. It sounds lame. All right. Ted Lasso, season three. Hurry up. All right. But they believed. And by the way, Ted Lasso is now a playable character, a playable team in FIFA. I cannot wait to get it and be a part of Richmond uh, FC. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for career mode on FIFA. But I think that they just trusted themselves and did not deviate from the plan. They did not get too cute. You can argue that some of that is not adjusting. We haven't seen um, Kellen Moore really adjust that well to any team he's played so far this season. And that is a concern. And that's why, not to spin negatively, there are still problems. There are still concerns. The Cowboys have managed to win these two games. They haven't turned the ball over. They haven't committed any huge sins. They haven't done anything really crazy. They have managed to just kind of like stay in their lane, right? Just just let let somebody else make a mistake and then we'll capitalize on it. We'll be there and we'll be perfect when the moment demands it. And they were. They were perfect last week, obviously, in the final drive against the Bengals. They were perfect when they had to be, obviously, late in the game against the Giants. They came up when it mattered. They called their shot. They made it. Good for them. Shout out to the Cowboys. Shout out to CeeDee. Shout out to Cooper. Shout out to Kellen. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, shout out to Mike. Shout out to Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, the whole crew. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Let's see here. Um, 
Mont Bob 100 says, Jerry, well, screw this up and put down, oh, man. People, seriously, let's just have a good time. Enough with this Dak trolling stuff. Um, Re- uh, Resin says, honestly, I'm not sold on Rush, but if Dak comes back and plays like he did week one, he needs to be replaced. Guys, Dak Prescott is the franchise quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's just chill out. Um, Tim Watson says, RJ, how about 15 seconds of commentary on your Russell Wilson impersonation in honor of him sucking? Um, first of all, you know, Russ had a tough time on Sunday Night Football. Um, listeners of the NFC East Mixtape, which is a show I do on the Blog on the Boys podcast, and I that show also posts here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel, uh, will know that I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I do kind of do an amazing Russell Wilson impersonation. And Russell may show up on this week's NFC East Mixtape to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. That's what they call a tease. Brian, thank you for the super chat. Says Rush is a game manager, and that's exactly what you need with this defense to hold on. You won't be the lead offenses. You need Dak back for that. I love this comment. I agree with this. And let me be very clear here that what I am about to say is not a la Steve Young last week. Dak Prescott can learn things from Cooper Rush. That's not the take that I want to craft here. What I want to say is that Kellen Moore and the Dallas Cowboys can learn from this time with Cooper Rush, right? You ever like, um, like, you know how some people when they like run steps or whatever they put like weights on their ankles or whatever to like make it more challenging and then they take them off and they're like flying like moving super fast that's what this has kind of been right so but when you take the the ankle weights off cowboys you don't have to like run faster you know what i mean you don't have to try harder i think the cowboys should learn from this you know experience together and 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 Dak. i mean Dak obviously included but i mean the cowboys should learn from this and say we don't have to force Dak to be some hero and that isn't to say that Dak isn't capable of that. That isn't to say that Dak is a bad quarterback. That isn't to say that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. That isn't to say any of those things. But what it is to say is that there are ways to help your quarterback that you should do, things that you should do to help your quarterback. The Cowboys are doing those things with Cooper Rush. They have not done those things at times with Dak Prescott, notably in week one against the Buccaneers. Now, I'm not trying to say that Dak Prescott is infallible. Dak Prescott is is perfect. That's not my point at all. Dak was awful against the Buccaneers. We have seen Dak play elite football, though. We have not seen Cooper Rush play elite football. Good for him. He's got three wins. Seriously, respect. Well done. But we have never seen him play elite football the way that we have seen Dak Prescott play elite football. We know that there is an elite quarterback within Dak Prescott, and it's it's past time for the Cowboys to just rely on that dude to show up week in and week out. Help your team out. Use every corner, every crevice, every section of your roster to make sure you get the win the way you did against the Cincinnati Bengals, the way you did against the New York Giants. That is the proper tried and true way to win in this league. And that is the lesson that I hope the Cowboys learned from the Cooper Rush experience, the Cooper Rush experiment, if you will. Uh, Before we get out of here, I do want to look. Let's see here. I mentioned it was off the board when we started this uh, this postgame show. Um, Cowboys Commanders next week at AT AT&T Stadium. Still not up, um, at least, um, uh, uh, you know, with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. They do sponsor us over the SB Nation NFL show. Um, I'm refreshing my app one more time to check, but I'm pretty certain that, yeah, it's not on the board. Uh, but like I mentioned, the Cowboys did open originally as three-point favorites against the Commanders. So forget the line. Last question. Who wins on Sunday? Cowboys or Commanders? Who do you got? Dallas or Washington? No Chase Young for the Commanders. We know that for certain. We know that for sure. 
maybe Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. That seems, you know, he, he almost went obviously Monday night and he didn't. So maybe Michael Gallup's playing in that game. We don't know about Jaron Curse or Connor McGovern. The Cowboys have a lot of injury questions themselves. Um, so I think we're all very, very confident in the Cowboys. In fact, all of your comments um, are, are Cowboys. Allen says, depends who's the court. Allen's done a, an exceptional job trolling. Everybody give Allen attention. Allen needs some attention tonight, everybody, in the comment section. So shout out to you, Allen. Um, everybody, um, I love this comment from, I hope I pronounce this correctly, Pazeshk. Uh, Abzar, I'm sorry if I mispronounced. I did my very best. Says the commanders are less better than the Giants. I love that. Um, everybody's saying um, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. Uh, Carl's going as far as saying 10 sacks on Sunday, 28 to 10 Cowboys. Um, I mean, it's Clay says Wentz will be in for a world of hurt. Um, Adrian says Washington is not good, to be honest. I agree with this. I know that they were terrible against Philadelphia. And so what I'm about to say sounds silly. Washington has an offense that can score. We saw that they, you know, they, they scored late and, and made the game interesting against Detroit. Um, they obviously had a great performance against Jacksonville in week one. Um, I still love the Cowboys in this game. I, I don't know what the line's going to be, but um, you have to imagine. And if the Cowboys are three and one, holy crap. I tell you what, I, um, I said this um, as the Cowboys were leading the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll own up to this. Yeah. In the in the spirit of, of what has been an episode of Eating L's, I said this as I tweeted this as the Cowboys were beating the Bengals. I said that if the Cowboys beat the Bengals, I would eat a whole cheesecake and I would live stream it. And the Cowboys beat the Bengals, and I didn't do that because I forgot about it until it was too late. So that's my bad. But if the Cowboys beat the Commanders, I will eat half of a cheesecake live on the postgame show following the Cowboys win. Because I feel so bad about not fulfilling something I said I would do. So if the cow and I say half because I have to talk, right? So I can't eat the whole thing while talking. If the Cowboys beat the Commanders, when the Cowboys beat the Commanders, I will eat half of a cheesecake live here on the postgame show next week. If you want to bring your own cheesecake, you want to bring your own snack, we can do it together. But I will eat half of a cheesecake on the postgame show if the Dallas Cowboys beat the Washington Commanders on Sunday. Sneaker Beater says, nah, I probably won't do it. Now I have to do it. All right, Sneaker Beater challenged me. Now I have to do it. Um, so let's do it. Uh, Cowboys Commanders Cheesecake on the line. Triple C, Cowboys Commanders Cheesecake. All right. Um, seriously, what an awesome day. What an awesome win. Tomorrow's Victory Polo Monday. As mentioned, take a picture of yourself, a, snel- a, a, selfie, a selfie, snap a selfie of yourself wearing a polo, a T-shirt, a cap, a hat, whatever it is. The Cowboys want. This week is going to be awesome. The weather's getting cooler. Um, and doors out i mean survivors back on tv like the the vibes are good people i hope you have a wonderful day i hope you get some righteous felon craft directly again use btb20 to get 20 percent off your order it's delicious i promise you i give you the arjo choa guarantee i just made that up uh that last part if it means anything to you uh but seriously do that i hope you have an incredible week celebrating our cowboys getting another win the times are good they're so much better than we thought that they would be my name is arjo choa you can follow me on twitter or instagram at arjo choa somebody took that username on tiktok so it's rj.ochoa for me over there 
You can send me an email if you like, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com if that is more your thing, or you can leave a comment down below, and we'll do our best to get to those as well. Subscribe here, please, to the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. We'll be here live on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time for our Blog on the Boys roundtable, myself and various Blog on the Boys staffers. Like the video, and if you like podcasts, subscribe to the Blog on the Boys podcast network. We have shows that come out each and every single day discussing, recapping, assessing, analyzing the Dallas Cowboys. You can obviously hear, hear me over there a lot throughout the week. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Uh, but other than that, let's just do it. Let's just let's just live. Let's just let's just have a good time. Let's just do this thing. All right, let's light this candle. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Go Cowboys as always. We love you all. We'll see you next time.